0: And you're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen May on this Friday afternoon. And on this week's uh, Good Friday, I'd like to bring you something very good to end the week on. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're going to be hearing about a wonderful local charity that helps to promote gender equality and women's rights. And to tell us more, we're now joined on the program by Judy Khan, who is the executive director of Her Fund, which is a charity that raises funds and invests in empowering women and girls' to Create Change in Communities in Gender Equality. Uh, welcome on the program, Judy, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. How are you doing?
1: I, thank you. I'm doing well and good. That's great. It's great to talk to
0: you again. I think it's been almost uh, over a year yeah. since we, yeah. we last spoke to you, um, and a lot has yeah. changed. Um, but before we talk about your work, can, can you tell us a little bit more about her fund and what is it that you do there, Judy?
1: Yes, so thank you, Noreen. You just mentioned um most of it that's her fund is um, uh, local women 's funds that we um, raise resources um, that means raise funds and also some other like volunteers network um, and then we um, our focus is on giving grants to um, grassroots organizations that working focusing on women 's rights and gender equality. But then we also um, will provide capacity building on organisational capacity and leadership training to them so that they can work a better impact on and more sustainable on their organisation and work. That's right, because some of
0: these grassroots organisations are quite small and they don't really have a lot of resources. So typically, where do you find these grassroots organisations and where do you hear about them?
1: Well, because of our starting from our founding members, they are actually, some of them are from these organizations. So they were the organizers of these organizations. And so that's why we also have different network. Um, And also we would um, sometimes hold different sharing sections and also do some, while we do um, capacity building work, um, we are not just focusing on our grantee partners, But some initial sharing, we also recruit, um, invite some other smaller NGOs to come so that um, they can know about the work of her fund. And of course, you know, by um, word of mouth, because some other, you know, our grantee partners are very small, so they know that. It's extremely difficult to find resources, and they would tell some other friends who are doing similar work that they would approach us, and, and um, yeah, and we always welcome them to speak with us um, before they submit any proposal, so that you know, like they can have more support on that.
0: That's amazing. So essentially, you're a charity that helps other charity grow and build. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the limitations that some of these smaller yeah. grassroots organizations have as well. Uh, are they of charity status themselves? Or, I mean, how difficult is it for them to get funding? And why do they come to you for funding?
1: Yeah, so um, we also see that, you know, in the past 15 years. So we start from 2004. So it's sixteen years, and in, in the past sixteen years, we also see um, the changes. So, um, for example, that's um, we uh, we we identify and in priority we will give giving grants to those who are only with um, society registration, um, but they don't have um, Section eighty eight that we usually call charity, mm. um, because they uh, if you want to get. Um, uh, by donation, and you stages. want to yeah. yeah you want to you, you want to get a receipt that with um tax ex- exemption you have to get this t- section eighty eight. But usually these kind of very very small organizations they only have the society registration, and is very very limited of funders would give um, grants to them to work, um, and usually so these organizations don't have really have staff. So they would only um, so for example if it is a group of um, migrant domestic workers or if it is a group of lesbian group together is these women that uh, who come together are doing the core members work or to do all the work um, but they don't have they have their own day job day pay job but you know these organizations work is for vulnerable. and then in the past you know like about in, in the past 10 years, it starts from more difficult and difficult for them even getting um, registration on society registration. Um, yeah, why, so why is, it's,
0: why is it getting more and more difficult for them even just to get the society uh, registration?
1: I think it's the whole um, social and political context is makes them more difficult because um, they have to get more proof. So, for example, we heard um, one of the... Um, cases telling us that um, they it it took them like a more than a year or two years to wow. get the registration or in between that period um, for example um, one of them are doing the work on um, um, domestic violence so because they need to do the registration through the police force so they may need some proof and in the past usually you know they don't have to be um, the workers that who work with, um, for example, domestic violence, um, their day job could be different. So, for example, they can be a researcher or they can be like um, other NGO workers or they can be working in banks. But now they would ask for more proof to see if they are really working on something, um, um, what is related to the work that they are facing. Um, But as if I'm a domestic violence survivors, I don't, I don't have a proof. You don't have a proof,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they can be the organizers of that organization, or they can be the executive committee member of that organization. So it makes them more difficult to get um, the registration. Yeah, so, um, and even they have the registration, because of the, you know, the global money laundry system, it makes them extremely difficult to open a bank account. So, um yeah, so the the whole process makes them you know like they 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 have a lot of ideas, they can work, they have a pool of members, they have a pool of beneficiaries that is in need, but they don't have resources or they can't apply for any funding to um, do their work Wow,
0: um so can you also give us some examples of projects that you've funded in the past and projects initiatives that her fund has helped out on? So just to give our listeners an idea of, of the types of uh, projects that you've worked on.
1: Sure. So, um, for example, in the, I think um, especially in the past one year, um, there are quite a number of um, projects that are working um, related to cyber violence, gender-based cyber violence. So, you know, like the younger generation would love you know, they they always go online to do cyber, bullying, you know, like to yes. uh, do good, yeah yeah bullying work, um or they, they yes they have you know image based violence. So this is one of the work that um there are um quite a number of um different um groups that are doing the cyber the work on prevention um the cyber violence and also hope that group together of these um women who who face these kind of cyber violence can come together to you know um, to have some mutual support and also um, to do more education uh, around because sometimes you know people don't realize that they did it. um they think that it is just you know it's a common words. thing online. yeah, 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 but they don't know that it's actually it hurts the others um and and because of this covid nineteen, We also um, start to support a little bit more on um, um, digital gap of um, the grassroots women that um, they actually quite many of them tell us that, you know, like, I think it's a common issues that we heard from the news that many carers, for example, I'm the same as well. So we, we need to work, but at the same time, we work from home. So uh, we have to be a carer. Um, and even for the grassroots women, they have to quit their job to take care of all the kids who are only stay at home. And they face the issue of mental health. So the organizations, um, um, because right now the organizations cannot, really provide in-person support as well. So what they can do is, um, you know, like for example, doing um, video. exercise virtually, yes. yeah, video, but they need, data access yes. to do all these and they want to chat with friends or with other women so that they don't feel alone and these these all needs resources <laughs> so that they can access yeah.
0: like you said because some of these women who maybe have to quit their job to look after their children face yeah. these anxieties and, and mental health issues but then they don't really know how to u- use um yes you know certain gadgets to get online to get the help that they need
1: yeah, so that's why, you know, like uh, in the community, there are actually a lot of um, these women who face a similar situation that they can support each other. They can teach each other how to use this um, um, um um, digital equipment or software but they don't have resources um for example even just simple as simple as assessing the oh, um, internet. the oh, data yes. yeah the internet yeah so um and the other thing is that um we also see there are uh, you know, like yesterday, we heard a lot of news about migrant domestic workers That's who right. are being infected. So, we also, they also tell us that, you no, know, it's migrant domestic workers. They told us that um, because quite many of them can't leave Hong Kong, even they finish their contract and they have to be forcing to stay in Hong Kong. So, um, to wait until the day that there is flights to fly back to their country. So, they, they need money for uh, extension, the visa. They don't have proper food. Um, and also because of the hygiene that they don't assess, you know, it, enough information to protect themselves. And also the same thing is, I think mental health is for everyone. They are the same, you No, know, like they squeeze in that kind of very small hostel that um, they need some mental health support as well. So um, we see that is it's actually, um, there are a lot of new, um, things that happens around and but at the same time we also um, keep supporting some other issues like young mothers um, self confidence of young women that um, we are not just focusing on COVID-19 but something that you know other than COVID-19 it happens every day related to women's rights and gender that we, we are still um, finding, striving for more resources to providing them grants to keep going on their good work that's amazing! You're doing such
0: great work. You're, you and your team—it's such a wonderful, wonderful uh, charity you have there, Judy. Uh, let's also talk a little bit more about how COVID-19 has perhaps impacted your charity. I mean, how has funding been difficult for you to get funding, and then because it's important that you get funding so that you can fund other grassroots <laughs> projects. So, has there been any uh, impact of COVID-19 in terms of funding for for, for her fund?
1: Yes, for sure. Um, I think, um, you know, like the other organizations and actually for her fund, um, we also don't have any, uh, we are not government-subvented organization as like what you mentioned, we need to fundraise so that we need to give grants and support to these organizations. So local fundraising is something start from the very beginning that we were very headache because we don't know when it stopped and how we can do that. if we want to do it online, how we can do it. And also the economic reflections also um changing the way of um people give. And we all need to um we all we need all this information and then and then digest on how we can do it. And we also see that um you know like I'm I'm not just you know working for terrafin ourselves. I'm also joining the other 11 um, local NGOs, um, a group of women leaders that um, group together to form an NGO task force that um, um, advocating um, a better and continuous funding support from um, private foundations, corporate foundations, so that we see that, you know, other than immediate needs, it also, you know, like, the next two years is very important that we, because many NGOs don't have reserve. So, as um, if we cannot fundraise for now, Uh, We cannot fundraise for next year, so we don't have enough resources to keep going on the work. Um, That's such an interesting point that that you raised. You know, I I was having this
0: discussion with Victoria Otero about restricted funding. A lot of the times when you ask for funding, say from a big donor, from, from a corporate, from a bank, for example, they're you know relatively charitable but when they give you when they give a charity funding often it's restricted they you have to say how you're going to use it for certain projects and it's within that time frame that you have to use it but you're saying that that actually may not work especially given the current climate you know there are no other activities going on how can that funding be used for for another time and, and used for different projects
1: Yes. So um, actually, Victoria, I mean, like Resolve Victoria is also yes, part happy. of this NGO task force. And and I can give you an example. One of our grantee partners, they also got another funding um, from another funder. And like what you mentioned, she supposed has to finish something. So she has to do uh, an exhibition. So in this um, climate, how can she do a physical <laughs> exhibition, exhibition, right? Yes. Yeah, but then um, the funder didn't call them to change anything, and they can't change anything. They have to do the exhibition, so they can't do it. So what they do, they right now um, all their photos. Uh, this is a photo exhibition. They have to find money to store these photos, and until one day they have to finish this project, no matter what. Then they have to do the exhibition, no matter if it is really matters. <laughs> so. So um they need to find extra resources. So this that's why we also support them to to do the storage because they you know like other than that they have to use their pocket money. I so mean they have it's to use the, they have
0: to spend money in order to get the money for their funding.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, like this kind of flexibility is really um, neat from different funders. And this is something that we, I mean, as HerFund, we we are very highly cautious on. We always tell our grantee partners, and they seem like very used to this kind of project-based um, support in the um, um, funding environment. And we always need to tell them that, hey, actually, if you don't think this is a the good way, tell us can change anyway you if you need us to do um the resources for financial resilience or right now actually you need the money for data card why don't you just spend it um but you know like uh, because of the whole um, atmosphere um they stick to it and we need to tell them actually so i think other funders if they think that um, this is something that they can be flexible hope that they can do that and um, but they also really need to um, spread that message to their grantee partners because um, as we all know that you know like the money is on your side mm-hmm. and they will be afraid of changing anything and they are be afraid that if they ask they will lose the resources next time exactly because
0: they're worried about for asking for flexibility that you know the the corporates might just take it away but actually there is room to discuss it because sometimes the arrangement just doesn't
1: work yes yes and especially i think everyone knows that you know like I, i i i right now is i can't plan for a year no i can't even plan for Two days two later, right?
0: <laughs> the next month, we don't even know how the social restrictions will yeah.
1: play out. Yeah. So, for example, we were thinking, oh, maybe because last year we had the very first um, successful fundraising luncheon. So for this year, we're supposed to hold it in October. So in the middle of March, we still think that maybe we can do that. Um, but then, in May, we think that oh probably we need to move in November, and till last week, we decided that no, this year we can't hold it because I think i don't we don't think that you know um any corporate would do this kind of sponsorship at this moment because no one knows if it can be really um being held yeah. in person, yeah, or you could do something virtual virtually, like a virtual lunch
0: or something. <laughs> And I know other organizations, I think the Women's Foundation did a virtual lunch as well. So there's room for that sort of um, maneuver.
1: Yes. So this is something that um, we are also designing to changing our strategy. But, you know, like um, we also need to try some different new ways. And we are also very happy that, you know, like uh, at this moment, we also have different Persons um, to come to support us. So, for example, um, Jody. So, I think yes, last week we had Jody last <laughs> week
0: because thank you to you, Judy. You introduced us. Uh, you know, Jody. We had Jody on last week with the uh, pay it forward pay out, uh, pay out uh, cash uh, pay it forward. Give back. back. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, campaign.
1: Yeah. 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 So that one is actually very helpful. Um, other than her we also have another kol that um she wants to she is actually doing it um um, doing a photo book um to talk about um women's rights or women's image um and they would also um you know a fundraise for for us um, using selling that photo book so i think um yeah. Other than other than we we have all, a lot of restriction, we also need to collaborate with different parties, um, so that you know, like um, we 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 can still do some fundraising in this period of time. But it is actually um, much much more difficult. Yeah, it sounds really hard. But
0: what can we do to support her fund? Um, can you tell our listeners where we can go to support your work? Because this is a great opportunity where when you support one charity, it actually benefits a lot of different uh, communities in the city. You know, you, you work with migrant workers, you work with a local grassroots uh, women and girls as well. So how can our listeners support uh, her fund? Where can we go to, Judy?
1: Yeah, so I think for the um very um, handy one is at least to come to our facebook page and instagram on linkedin to help to like share our posts, and invite your friends to do the same um, as said that um, we need um, resources we need money so that we can give more grants to our grantee to the smaller local organizations um, so um, please also spread the news, donate to us. Um, you can donate through our website, but also you can donate through um, Payout back. Okay. So they probably do another few weeks. Um, so, um, yeah, so these are the um, small things that, you know, you can help to support. And as like what you mentioned, you know, like your $100 is not just supporting hard fund, but, you know, support a lot of different kinds of um, marginalized women in Hong Kong. Excellent. Judy, thank you so much for
0: your time uh, this week and I look forward to catching up with you another time. And for our listeners, do go to uh, her fund's uh, Facebook page and Instagram and the handles are HerFund and of course you can also visit them on their website and donate. Dig deep into your pocket and this way you'll be able to help uh, lots of women and girls in uh, marginalized communities in our city. Uh, many thanks for your time uh, today, Judy. Thank you so much, Noreen. And I look forward to <laughs> with you next time. Thank you, you very much. Me too, me too. Thank Bye. you,
1: everyone. Bye.